Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And we're going to wrap up Amber's case today. And we're back. (laughs) And we're back. (laughs) So yes, as you know, if you've been listening, we just, just a quick recap. We talked about Tamla, how she was found in the yard, and we're picking up from that point. Like I had said, John's aunt Madeline had just discovered Tamla's, she saw her onesie in the yard, Mm -hmm. realized it was Tamla Horsford. She was in the onesie. She, yes, she was in, physically in the onesie. Thank you for clarifying that. So I'm going to tell you what Madeline does from this point before anything else, after she sees Tamla in the yard. She immediately drops down and she starts praying to the Lord. She kneels down. She said she kneeled down and said a quick prayer. And I don't know what the intention is. I'm envisioning, like, was it like a please, Lord, don't let her... Be dead. be dead i don't really know but that was the first thing that she thought she should do is say a prayer so she does that okay and then she does decides to go on up to to john and jose's room and she approaches the door now from this is like i said before this is madeline's account she said that she was going to knock on the door but she heard running water so mm-hmm. she decides i'm gonna go back downstairs And I'm going to wait patiently until she thought maybe someone was in the shower. Mind you, there is a a person person lying Lying face down in the backyard. In the backyard. But she decides to. That she prayed upon. That she prayed on. Yes. But she's like, I'll just, I don't want to disrupt the shower. So I'm going to go wait downstairs. Yes. So she waits. What is the saying? Cleanliness is next to godliness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, That's it. Okay. So she waits I'm a few minutes. I know. It's just odd. Mm-hmm. So she waits, decides, you know, she'll go back up, try again. And she does knock at the uh, door at this point, And she waits for John comes to answer. She's like, I need Jose right away. She specifically. He is a police officer. He is. He's like a trial court probation officer or something okay. like that. He's in law enforcement. Yes. Um. So he, but she asks for him and probably for that reason, like he's the law enforcement person. Sure. I don't know. So when John answered the door, Madeline says to her, she says, I need Jose. There's something wrong with your friend from the islands. And this is from her interview. This is like, she told police she said this. How she referred to her. That's how she referred to her. Okay. Now, this is a little bit... Of a dicey area because later, um, if I was sitting on a dildo right now, I couldn't be more uncomfortable. <laughs> Just so well, you know. I don't know that you would be uncomfortable. <laughs> good point. Good point. Maybe a butt plug. That's what I meant. I meant it like in my oh, ass. Gotcha. Not, okay. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Said, yeah, you're right. Uh, that did require clarification. That's how uncomfortable I am right now. Isn't that just, I mean, mm-hmm. of all the ways to refer to someone, mm-hmm. 
that's in your backyard motionless. Face down. That you still haven't went to check on. By the by. Right. Hey, your friend from the islands, there's something wrong with her. Right. She's face down in the backyard. I prayed you about it. I want to check that out. Yeah, I said my prayer and I waited. Yes, for you to get out of the shower. Mm-hmm. Finish my coffee. Did some ironing. Yeah. And I but, thought maybe you were ready then. Yeah. But, but not but to yeah. worry. Jesus has got this because I prayed about it. What? Oh, and again, this is Madeline's account of right. what happened. What she's saying happened. We're going to get into some of the obviously conflicting things with the interviews because this is Madeline's account. It doesn't quite align with some of the other versions of of uh, the other's recollections. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so just before 9 a.m., John Myers calls 911. Now, this is like a half hour that's gone by before anybody picks the phone up. I'm just saying that. Like, that's that's the timeline. She was so, she was seen lifeless in the yard. And about a half hour goes by before anybody picks the phone up. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Now, thankfully, Jean was able to stay very, very calm and collected on the phone to 911. She's able, even able to spell her name out to the dispatcher in this phone call. And she tells the dispatcher that they have found Tamala motionless in the yard and immediately goes on to say, make sure the dispatcher knows that Tamala was drinking. She was out on the balcony when they went to bed and she, it looks like she maybe has fallen out off of the balcony. Like that's immediately what mm-hmm. she puts out, out there into for the, the narrative mm-hmm. for this call. Okay. Like that's like, a, I mean, it all just, Spills out in this 911 call. Hmm. So after she gets done saying this, she then hands the phone over to Jose. Like, here you talk to them. And if if you think Jean was calm, Jose was even more calm, cool, and collected during this phone call. This has been raised in several articles of they were so... There wasn't a lot of emotion in in this call for finding... A body of your friend in the yeah. backyard. Nonchalant, huh? So doesn't raise the blood pressure at all. I don't believe it did. Okay. So the dispatcher asks if I personally would be hysterical. I would not be able to talk. No. Now John told police she was hysterical, but you don't hear that in the uh, the voice mm, of, okay. in, during the call. Mm-hmm. I would not have been able to spell my name out. I'm no, just saying. No. Your, your name's pretty easy. It is. I can't spell hers, mine on most days. Yeah, but. hers is not no, as easy right, as mine. Right. But I'm just saying, like I said, th- these are article things mentioned mm-hmm. that, you know, there was a lack of emotion in that call. Mm-hmm. The dispatcher asked if they had s- stopped to see if she was breathing, and Jose proceeds to kind of deflect from that question several times he just won't like he doesn't answer it right his first response is she's lying in the backyard basically i'm on the patio downstairs she's not moving she's not breathing and i'm noticing a small cut on her right wrist she's not breathing whatsoever but they're not touching her they didn't touch her and like i said the dispatcher asked several times like is she breathing and he would not say Yes or no. Yeah. And then finally she, you know, he said she's not breathing. But then at one point he also says that he has no idea if she's breathing. And so I don't know that he fully ever. Are they even by her? Right. And then he mentions that 
there was the cut on her wrist that he's like, I don't know if it was self-inflicted or not. Like he puts that out there immediately. Um, Yeah. There's a significant injury to Tamla's wrist. Right. And so he's like immediately putting that in info out as well of like, I don't know if it was Mm self-inflicted. So I'm just saying that there's a lot of insinuating comments that are put into this call very quickly. Right. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. She fell off the balcony. She was drinking. She was drinking. She she has the cut. It was self-inflicted, possibly. Mm -hmm. And the dispatcher does kind of feed into this a little bit. She's like, well, was Tamla suicidal? You know, just asking some, I guess, odd questions for the situation Mm -hmm. instead of, like, medical prompting questions. Right. Probably not the Life-saving instruction, even? That's lacking in this this phone call. Yeah. Other than asking to see if they checked the breathing, there was never any request like, like start, start CPR. doing compressions. Yeah, nothing like that at all. It's a very odd phone call. Okay. Have I mentioned my discomfort? <laughs> you did. Okay. Mention that. I think this is a very uncomfortable case. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. So. The dispatcher does eventually directly ask them to check the breathing because Jose won't answer, you know. Mm-hmm. So eventually she just, she's like, I need you to, to right. check. Like, go and up to her. Like I said, no one ever suggests CPR, and Jose was certified in CPR, so he could have begun administering Interesting. it. Interesting. Uh, but that was never suggested, and he never felt to do that. Right. I almost wonder if they didn't want to touch her. Like, they acted very apprehensive about touching her mm-hmm. at all to check her breathing. They just assumed she was dead. Well, like, my from God. The yeah, the aunt didn't even go out there and, like, call her name or anything. She just dropped to her knees and then went and knocked on the door. Right. Uh, I mean, Nobody questioned to see if she was alive. Right. It, you know, it was just, like, they called, made sure that it was put out there that she fell off the balcony. Right. And she's not breathing. And... I don't know. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm telling you how the call went. I listened to it and it's just unusual. Mm -hmm. So Jose also offers during the call, he's like, we can check, you know, we can check and see what happened because my girlfriend has an alarm system on her phone. And what it was basically is that John had something connected to her phone that would tell her when the doors opened in the house. Yes. So it would send like a text saying like your back door opened, your front door opened. He's like, we can check that system, you know, no problem. And he also informed the dispatcher that she had cameras, so they would be able to check those and see what happened. Like, we can tell, we can go back and see mm-hmm. what happened at the house. Yeah. Not a big deal. The coming police officers, and that is the town, by the way, I'm not <laughs> describing anything other than that. Yep, that's the real name. Okay. Um, move, moving on as much as we can. On. The- the coming C-U-M-M-I-N-G police officers. That's how you spell it. Yep. You are correct. Hey, we're just, we're spitting facts the facts. Mm-hmm. Facts. That's yep. all we've got. Um, so they arrive on the scene within 15 minutes after the oh. uh, call is made. Okay. Paramedics show up, but Officer Corey Moore sends them away because they didn't feel that there was a need for paramedics because Tamla was already dead. They also knew Jose. So when they got there, they're like, hey, what's up, bro? Like, we know you. Mm -hmm. So they had a little weird about this dead body in your backyard, huh? So so crazy. Wow, Sunday mornings. Yeah. So, yeah, they're basically 
whatever was put out there, they're like, okay, you know, she's mm-hmm. she's dead. So no life-saving measures were ever attempted. None of the officers or paramedics performed or tried to perform CPR. Mm-hmm. The coroner did arrive on the scene, but the really unusual thing about this case is that she was already pronounced dead before the coroner got there. So the officers made that call. Hmm. I don't know much about the process, but my understanding is it's not supposed to, like the coroner's supposed to be the one to determine that. Right. So again, it's just like, I, I feel like it was very, very quickly assumed that she w- she's dead. There's no Nothing need to look into here. any yes. of this. Yep. And accept that it happened how we said it. It happened. Yes. Even though supposedly we were asleep and have absolutely no idea how it happened. The police very quickly, they believed that her death was accidental and suspected that she'd either fallen off of the balcony, as described in the, the call, or over some garden edging. Because um, there was some marks on her legs as well that would have uh, matched the garden, garden edging. We're going to get back to the, the details of that here in a minute. I do want to tell you a little bit about how she was found. Mm-hmm. Tamla was found lying directly face down so her face was like directly into the grass her legs were extended behind her with both of her feet pointing to the right side Mm -hmm. and her right arm was close to her body her left arm now this was in the police sketch that was done her left arm was extended out and bent at the elbow Mm -hmm. so it was like above her above her head yeah yeah Her body was sent in for an autopsy. My understanding is that there were some of the investigators that thought the placement of her body was unusual. Mm -hmm. Even, you know, arriving at the scene, they're like, this doesn't really align with a fall Mm -hmm. from this height. I will say, though, that the autopsy came back and it was also determined that it was from the fall. But had her body been moved after the fall? Exactly. There was also no blood at the scene that was noted. There was a small trace from where her, like a small pool of blood, but for it to be indicating a fall of that kind, there was no traces of like anything else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Tamla also had a notable dislocated wrist, and she mm-hmm. was not wearing any shoes or a jacket at the time that she had fallen. Now, this is an important fact because those that knew Tamla. She was from the Caribbean islands. She loved warm weather. She was used to it. She did not like the cold. Yeah. So Tamla's dad even mentioned that she was always wearing a coat, even indoors, that she would not have gone outside to to smoke even on the balcony without shoes, a coat, or even her phone. She was always connected because of her children. She always had her phone on her. So that was raised right away of like, okay, She's outside with no, And this is in the fall. Yeah, it was November. Yeah. It's not as cold as it is in Michigan in Georgia in the fall, but at nighttime, it does drop Mm -hmm. quite low. So, yeah, I can see why her father would raise this question. Now, if you're from warm Warm climate, Mm -hmm. even Georgia in November is probably really cold to you. Yeah. For us, it wouldn't wouldn't be bad. Yeah, But for somebody that's not used to that, they probably would have a coat on all the time. We would probably have shorts on. Right. Well, half the time when we're down in Florida, they think it's chilly when it's 71 and they're wearing sweatshirts. Yeah. People that are from Florida. You know, so it's it's all in perspective. I also want to mention that there was never a rape kit completed on Tamala, nor were there any fingernail scrapings or fingerprints collected at the scene. None really? of that was done. 
Okay. To me, it sounds like they arrived at the scene and they said, oh, so you're saying she fell from the balcony. Yeah. She was drinking and smoking. Pot. Okay. Yep. We're good. Yeah. Okay. Nothing more to see here. Yeah. Let's clear shop. Let's, we're good. Yeah. Like, it doesn't sound like there was any type of actual investigating. Yes. To prove a different hypothesis. Or to even consider alternative hypothesis? Yes. It's mm-hmm. just like none of that stuff, that just very basic standard stuff was done. For sure. I was going to say that's like investigative 101. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. your basic class. Yep. Your uh, online class you can sign up for 1099. Correct. On Facebook. Like it's yes. basic. <laughs> Through Facebook marketplace. Right? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, so nothing, nothing was done like that. So everybody at the home was asked to stay. Those that were remaining and the ones that were had already left, they were asked to come back to John's house for questioning. Debriefing? Yes, a little debriefing. Uh-huh. And Not actual investigative questioning. No, no. It was just like, come back. Come back. This is what happened, right, everyone? Well, that's where the concern comes in because, so they did separate the people that had come back from the people that were already there. Okay. But they left them in those groups. So they did not interview them individually. Yeah. So they were left to talk amongst each, each other. other. Yeah. No. And hear what the other one's version was. Yeah. Again, investigative 101. Right. Yeah. Yes. Like, here's your online class for five ninety nine. I keep going back to these prices. Right. right. But yeah, like 101 basics. Yep. Um, but they were left to just be together. So there was never any like formal questioning done. Until three weeks later, and then they brought people in for their individual statements. Wow. Three whole weeks. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into the interviews just here in a sec. I want to go over some of the timestamps that were gathered from the security system, the doors basically yes. opening and closing. So these were apparently taken from Jean's phone, and it does indicate that 11, at 11.30 a.m., two of the women, they do leave the party. This would have been about the time. PM? Or I'm sorry, yep. yes. Okay. So at 11.30 p.m., two of the women leave the party. This would have been about my departure time yep, as yep. well. This like, is Amber I'm and done. Charnel. Yep. I'm good. Okay. So they leave. And then at 1.47 a.m., this is when Bridget Fuller leaves the house. And she, again, was the last person to see Tamla mm-hmm. alive. Her husband picked her up, right? Her husband did pick her up. So at 1.49 a.m., the back door opens. At 1.50 a.m., the back door closes, and then at 1.57 a.m., the back door opens again, but it never shuts. It gets open the rest of the night. Okay. So then at 4.10 a.m., one of the friends had to leave because she, I guess, worked at the coach outlet store, so she had to be to work early. So she was up you know, to get around and go, yeah, ew. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds gross. <laughs> no, that sounds horrible. <laughs> so she leaves at that time. Okay. And then at 7.45, another guest leaves the house through another door. But mm-hmm. like like I said, the back door, it's never, never. noted that it closes. Okay, it, yeah. So these are like front door exits and, yeah. you know. And then at 8.30 a.m., just before Tamla is discovered, so she would have been out there already, the, the other couple that had stayed the night, they leave the home at 8.30. The door oh. opens at that time. Okay. So, and then roughly 8.45 a.m., that's when John and Jose are notified about Tamla. This is moving off the doors a little bit. But, you know, the last people leave at 8.30, and then 
John and, and Jose are notified about 845 mm-hmm. to see Tamala. And then 859, the call is made to 911. Really, literally the same time that the aunt's discovering her in the backyard and decided to prey on it. Somebody's that other leaving. couple is leaving the front yeah, yard. Yeah, so just through the front door. The timeline is just, it's unusual already. The time it took to call 911 is what concerns me the most. Mm-hmm. And just not knowing what, why did that back door never close? Right, right. So. Just putting that out there for you. So the other part I want to mention is the security system that John had for the camera setup. She had she had the door system and then she had cameras that showed the backyard, like the whole perimeter of the house. And I know you're going to be really shocked to hear this, but <laughs> the camera footage, they were more than willing to, to get the footage of that night. They said it would show everything that happened. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? It was lost. Oh, now isn't that just always the way it just from what Jean said in her interview, she said that her aunt had a habit of cleaning and organizing the house. And so what they think happened is that she took the charger for the cameras. I'm not sure what system this was, but there was a like a charger cord. She must have mistaken it for, you know, they all had iPhones, so mm. must have mistaken it for one of the chargers, and they couldn't find it. Mm. And John hadn't been as worried about using the camera system because the only reason she had it is because her ex-husband, they were on bad terms, but things had been better. So she wasn't worried about oh. she didn't recording need the cameras as much now. Huh? So mm-hmm. okay, that footage was never found from what happened that night. Mm-hmm. So they, they couldn't access it to see what happened yeah yeah i know you're surprised i'm shocked this is my shocked face (laughs) (laughs) so as you can imagine i've told you a little bit about the interviews but the inconsistencies with the interviews is really what makes things very muddy and confusing so i'm going to go over a little bit of that with you Mm -hmm. So one of the things I want to point out first that I noticed, because she does, two, she's questioned the day of, and then there's the three weeks later, the, the interview that takes place at her house. Mm-hmm. The interviews take place at Jean's home mm-hmm. instead of at the police station. So most of the people, they're just hanging out. The, the police come to them. No yes, big deal. Comfortable as can be. Yep. Um, so very, very convenient for, for those um Interviews to happen. Mm -hmm. But Jean mentions in her first interview that Tamla was found, as she describes it, face planted, which is Mm. what a wonderful way to describe that. Mm -hmm. Um, She's found face planted with her hands down by her sides, palms up. She specifically says that Mm -hmm. in her first interview. Now, if you go back and you listen to the second interview, she does a lot of... She makes a lot of effort to kind of try to clarify that statement because as you probably remember, in the, the sketch and where she was found, Tamla's arm, her left arm was extended over her head. Mm-hmm. So who moved the arm? Right. Who, like, that's... That's one of the things that is very concerning. And the like, arm that was over her head was the one with the extreme uh, wrist injury, correct? Yes. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. I just want to point that out. That's one of the things that there's really no solid explanation for at this point is how, you know, so which one is it? Mm-hmm. You right, know? right, exactly. But the sketch was made with her arm over her head. So yeah. John attempts to clarify that. Like she vividly remembers 
the arms being down. And honestly, I don't even remember her explanation at this point. Like I didn't even note that because it was so all over the place mm-hmm. um, for lack of better words. The other problem with this is that Jose had mentioned to one of the officers originally that he had moved Tamla's arms or her arm. I'm sorry. Now he will later go back to say that he did not do that. So there's the questioning mm-hmm. of like, okay, did again, he? which is it? Yep. Like, did he move it? Did he not move it? Here's the thing. And as an investigator, this is something that I'm often looking for. The truth doesn't change. Exactly. If you're telling me the truth, then I should never, anytime I ask you a question, even a question in, that's set, that's technically the same question, just diff- worded differently, the truth doesn't change. So if your story changes, then you haven't, oh, you never told me the truth to begin with. Right. Right. So that was one of the the main red flags in this of like, okay, you said you moved your arm and then you said you didn't. Yep. And Jean is saying that she remembers arms down by the sides, palms up. Then there's the sketch with the arm up. So like what, mm-hmm. where's the truth in this? Mm-hmm. Like what actually happened? Right. Now, the other thing that is really, really unsettling about this is when the interviews are taking place at Jean's house, Madeline the aunt she's being interviewed giving her statement and jean just like pops in no big deal mm-hmm. and she's like mm, i'm gonna start charging you guys rent for being here like making, <laughs> yeah, like making jokes god sounding like a goat on crack absolutely um yeah absolutely. she starts you know making the jokes and then oh, she's like oh a- i got i got y'all gift cards for dunkin donuts I was told that I shouldn't give them to you until this case closes, which I also love how she's just like assumes that it's getting like when this case closes. Right. When you just clear this mess up, you but, know, the death of a woman. Yeah. That was supposedly my friend. And I'm just going to be so callous and is just to like joke with the police while you're being interviewed. Yeah. Why not make this investigation fun? Oh my God. Right. And, oh. You got, y'all are so sweet. I got you some gift cards. Yeah, she's just like, well, and she even says it. I mean, this is on the recording. You can hear she knows her barging in. She's supposed to be doing it. Yeah, she's just like, oh, well, I was told I shouldn't because until the investigation's closed because that might look weird, but I got you these gift cards. And it really just like, it, it interrupts the whole interview itself. Of and course it does. The officer's very like friendly about it and they're kind of laughing and it's just like this lighthearted exchange. I feel so sorry for Tamla's family I know, to have too. to hear this stuff and know this is how they were investigating the death of a mother of five yes. and a wife. Yes. Shame on them. I'm sorry. So then Jean does make sure and check. She's like, do you guys need me or can I go get ready for this funeral? Because it was the day of Tamla's funeral that they were doing the questioning. Wow. So she's like, do you need anything from me or can I go get ready for this funeral? Like, you know, and and the officer's just like, go do your thing. Oh, do your thing. And she's like, okay, perfect. There's just no, like, this is Also shouldn't be happening at her house anyway. These interviews should not be happening there. And it's just, again, time and time again mentioned in articles, there's just no remorse. No. There's no emotion. We're not sad. This is a light. I promise you, anytime I was involved in a child death investigation, no one was laughing ever. Any questions no. that are asked, this was this is not okay. And this is supposed Someone to be lost your their friend. Life. Yeah, 
Mm-mm. Even if it's an acquaintance. Right. Exactly. This it, It's a human. Like, have some humanity If here. I would have been at a party and somebody I didn't know, yep. I would have been traumatized. For sure. Sad. And, and definitely not cracking jokes. That's for sure. And we're the queens of joking at inappropriate we times. We are. That's what we do on this podcast. But we have our but limits. There are standards. And it's just, it's unbelievable the lightness of of. The tone, yeah, uh, yeah, I of agree. all of that. I agree. So the police do, and again, I'm not, tr- I'm not implying, like, I'm not trying to imply anything. I'm just saying that it's just astonishing. Yeah. Well, and that's on, you know, on the recording, and I mean, I will insert my personal opinion as an investigator that that's inappropriate. Yeah, that like was the not jokes okay. and the here's some yep. gift cards and no. Nope. Um, so Not the police okay. do make a point when they get to Jean's interview to state on the record that they could not accept the gift cards. Oh, the way yeah. they say it, though, it's oh, just I like, know. Yes. so, like, we want to state that we can't take those because it's inappropriate. As they're holding their hand out and accepting <laughs> them and slipping them in their wallet. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if that really happened. But, you know, yeah, they're for the recording. They have the dozen Dunkin' Donuts by them. <laughs> right. I don't know if I mentioned it was Dunkin' Donuts you did gift that. cards okay, yep. that she had offered them. Munching. <laughs> we are not accepting <laughs> these glazed donuts that are delicious. We can't take this. Yeah. Pass me the eclair, please. For sure. <laughs> Chocolate's um, my favorite. <laughs> Jose's interview also raised numerous red flags Mm -hmm. as well because there's quite a few inconsistencies i already mentioned with the arm right he said he moved it he said he didn't you know he denied saying it so we don't know where the truth is in that um another issue with the story is that madeline had said she went upstairs to knock on the door she heard water running right um jean at one point said that they were sleeping and they were awoken from a dead sleep so it's like, okay, was the water running? Right. Were you sleeping? And then Jose at one point also mentioned that he was cleaning up in the morning when Madeline came to found to find him. So, oh, like cleaning the house. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. like cleaning up the after party because he mentions finding like a cigarette on the balcony when he was cleaning up that morning. So it's like, were you cleaning? Were you sleeping? Or, or were, were someone showering? in the shower? Yeah. So, like, those things just yeah, don't none add of, up. None of that makes sense whatsoever. Zero. I think, as we've mentioned in other cases, too, when you have that specific timeline of, like, what you were doing at 147 or 150, and I was doing this at 410, like, mm-hmm. just in general life, we yeah. don't usually have those timelines. No. Yeah, well, that's, that stuff is always suspicious. And, you know, I'll even throw this out here. Even if all these partygoers don't legitimately know what happened to Tamla, it's not helping them, and this is not their fault, but it's not helping them that the investigation wasn't handled appropriately because it just makes it more suspicious for them. Whether that's fair or not, it just is. The fact that they weren't interviewed right away and interviewed separately, that's not their fault. I agree. So, you know, that's the investigator's fault, but it's not helping when their stories are changing. And then you add that into it of, well, like we can cast this reasonable doubt here. Right. We can cast the suspicion because it wasn't handled appropriately right from the beginning. And, you know, and that's not their fault, but it's certainly but not it doesn't helping. help. It's not helping. Absolutely. I agree. You know, three weeks go by, you're going to, mm-hmm. you know, I think naturally going to start questioning well, when did that happen or what did 
Yep. Where was I? And you at are that time? going to to talk to the other people. This is a huge deal. Someone's dead. You are going to talk to all those other people that were there. And then even if you're like, well, yeah, weren't her hands down by her side? No, no. Remember, her one hand was, uh, you know, even all of that. And then it's, oh, okay, I must have remembered wrong. Like none of that stuff helps. That you, it just gets so muddy. It does at that point. It and does. that's what happened with this case. Stories got messy. Things got very confusing. The part that I struggled with the most, I think, is hearing Jean's second interview. And I almost get this feeling of a very condescending tone. And maybe the goal being to, and this is me putting a little opinion into this, but I almost get the impression of just trying to make sure it was known that Tamla was into drinking mm-hmm. and into mm-hmm. to marijuana. As if they're above all the re- all of that when yeah. they were all there drinking too. So she mentions the tequila again in her second interview. And she states that Tamla gave it to her. She smelled it and she literally threw up in her mouth. It was so strong and she said, you know, nobody can drink this. Mm-hmm. But, but Tamla did. Mm-hmm. And she was like... And Tamla was trying to get everybody to try it because she's the life of the party. Like, just the tone she has of it, though, it mm. it was a tone of, like, because she's the life of the party. Like, she always does this kind right. of thing. Yeah. It, the t- I, didn't, I didn't like the tone of when <laughs> she said that. Again, going back to the marijuana, she said she really had to get stern with Tamla because she knew Jose was in law enforcement. And she couldn't do that at the house. But now, her aunt can? Yeah, but the aunt can. Who lives there? I'm going to get into, I'm going to leave you with like more positive things on Tamla at the end of this, but I'm going to get into that in a minute. But I can't imagine someone would just be like, oh, no big deal. Yep. I'm just going to smoke weed at your house, yeah. not ask you and yeah. just keep doing it. I'll just totally it. disrespect your house like wishes. And that's yeah. kind of the impression that John is well, trying is putting to out put there out there is of, the narrative. Like mm-hmm. she knew Jose. I had to keep mm-hmm. reminding her Jose was in law enforcement. She or kept she doing was it. never reminded and it's just become aware after the fact so that Jose doesn't get in trouble. Right. Yeah. Like we were being careful because Jose was yeah. there. Yeah. And he's a man of the law. Mm-hmm. Now she also throws it out there that one of the friends, Diane, had asked another friend if Maybe Tamla was doing cocaine too. What and the she, fuck? Yes, she goes. No, I don't. I, I, she's a good woman. I don't want to put a bad image out of her. But oh, you know, she. But was, I'm gonna. She was drinking all that tequila, and I the, drink tequila. So does that mean that I snort the sugar up my nose? No, the devil sugar. Yeah. But that was the part where I, like, I had to pause for a minute because I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Now we're going to take it there. Like, no, I don't want to, you know, talk badly of her. But she is a mom of five and she was oh you know, my drinking God. that tequila. And so it was questioned, was she doing cocaine Yes, because those are connected. Anyone who drinks tequila must be doing coke. So it, that's what I struggled with Ugh. the interviews of trying to paint this picture that that Tamla was yeah. like just hardcore tequila, hardcore smoking marijuana and drugs. They if she told does marijuana, her, she must do cocaine. They, they told her she couldn't do that, and so I just mm-hmm. oh, it's a very uncomfortable. Um, interview to I, listen to. I told you I could be sitting on the big Kong right now and be more comfortable <laughs> than I am in this right. entire case. Right. And again, her family in this hearing, hearing yes, these things. Exactly. 
It's so unfair. It is. It had to have been so hard. My thoughts go to them. For sure. This had to have been so awful. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing that Jean makes it a point to to mention in her interview in the second one is that with the keys in the cell phone. We brought that up mm-hmm. a little bit. So basically, Jean's very long, elaborate, all over the place explanation is that very long, elaborate, all so, over the place. So long. It's insane. But she basically implies that, like, Tamla was insisting she really wanted to sleep with the couple that was there. She's, like, so drunk and wanted to sleep with them. And they were like, no, you're not sleeping with us. Like, the group was like, no, you're going to sleep on, you know, in a different room. But so she was like, well, if I can't sleep with you, it was the female specifically, then our phones can sleep together. And so they, like, basically put their phones together. That's why Tam didn't have her phone. It's the weirdest explanation I've ever freaking heard. For sure. Like, this makes Zero no sense. sense. Yep. Yep. It's just so odd. Okay. So odd. Moving on. Right. <laughs> but that was, you know, like I said, she didn't have her phone and keys. And at one point, it sounded like she wanted to leave. They also made it mention that Tamla really wanted to try to drive home. And she was in no condition to do so. So that was also put out there that she was going to be reckless and drive drunk home and we haven't smeared her reputation enough yeah yeah so that was i just wanted to put those pieces in as well about the the explanation with why didn't she have her phone or her keys on her all mm-hmm. right let's talk about jose shall we yeah despite jose's very calm and collected conversation with the dispatcher jose's behaviors following this incident this the loss of tamla mm-hmm. they became pretty sketchy And I will tell you why. One of the articles described Jose as chronically unemployed. Um, (laughs) He apparently had some employment issues uh, before this job that he had during the time of the case. So that he had been fired like from another law related job. Mm -hmm. But what ends up happening is that he actually gets caught at this job using his position to look into things Mm -hmm. with the case. Yep. He was looking at personal information and details of the case, and he also... Using his work computer He was using it, right? Yes, mm-hmm. he was using his work computer. Not only was he looking at personal information about the case, there's another person in this I'm going to mention. Um, it was a very close friend of Tamla's, and he was looking up information on this woman as well. She was very vocal from the get-go that this shit is shady Mm -hmm. and we need to like... And it needs to be actually investigated. She Mm -hmm. put stuff on Facebook. She was very, very vocal about like justice needs to be served. And so, hey, Jose is looking things up about this person, like personal demographics for the friend. Um. Now, the reason that this is brought to light is because the friend is the one that actually makes the report because she strongly felt all her information was getting out there from Jose. Like somebody uh-huh. was able to access it. Right. And so she does make a formal complaint. She made those connections. If we hadn't made it clear already, the investigation itself was very half-assed. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no other words to describe right. it. Within a week of this all happening, the police were already chalking it up to an accidental death, and they were announcing that the case was being closed. Mm-hmm. So this happened super quick. And the part that broke my heart about this the most is hearing about the way that they and they had informed Tamla's husband about her passing. Um, it was described as very cold, very little explanation. They wouldn't let him 
you know, go to the scene. They wouldn't Mm -hmm. explain anything. Very emotionless when they told him. Mm. Like, it sounds so awful for him to to hear this. And they didn't have much to say. Like, it was an accident, you know, barely offered any condolences to him at all. Uh, Poor man. Your wife goes to a sleepover with her friends and doesn't come home. Yeah. And And nobody can tell you exactly why. Right. And nor are they really willing to look into it. In my understanding, also, they didn't even bother to tell him the case was being closed until about an hour before they announced it. Oh my God. Like they didn't give this man any. No courtesies. No humanity at all. all. And so that part just really broke my heart. Now, the family did seek out a second autopsy because Mm -hmm. obviously the first one, I'm sure they had a lot of questions. Of course. Um, Like I said, some of the investigators, my understanding is they did question. Like, this isn't all adding up, Mm -hmm. but still it was chalked up to the fall from the first autopsy. So they did get a second opinion, and it did reveal the extent of Tamla's injuries, which I didn't disclose that originally, but I'm going to now. I'm going to tell you what they found on her body. And again, this was from a 15 to 20-foot fall into the backyard. Okay. So this is what was discovered from that autopsy. Her injuries included... Multiple cuts on her face, wrist, hands, and legs. There was a laceration to her heart ventricle, a skull fracture, a broken wrist, several spots of bleeding on her brain. And like I said, this was all from 15 feet, a 15 foot fall from the balcony onto grass. Now, despite the cuts on her head, there was very little damage to her actual face, like no broken nose, no, like, you know, for falling as, as they're describing it directly onto her face, there wasn't extensive damage to that area. Okay. So, you know, like I said, they didn't really know all of that at first. The family? The family. Yeah. 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 And was she below the balcony? I mean, did it make sense, like, the location in the backyard of where she was? I can't remember that that piece. That was another question of, like, the placement of her, like, realistically, did she fall into that place? Like, topple over. Yeah. Yeah. Or was was she pushed or, yeah. She was close to the, like, porch area. Yeah, the patio area, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. So that was a question, too, of, like, did she fall directly onto that area? Yeah. Then we also have the, this is the part for me that I get stuck on, the back door never closing. Right. So they're saying she walked out and she was the last person to walk out. And so. And that she fell off the balcony. Now, I don't know if the back door indicates the balcony door. That's the part I'm not sure. Oh, God. You know what I mean? Like, are they saying. Right. You know, that's a good point, Amber, because I'm sorry. I was picturing the back door. Meaning the balcony door, but you're right. Yeah, that mm-hmm. wouldn't be, that's just like a sliding glass door onto a balcony. So the actual back door to the home, that would be ground level. Right. You know, that's to grade. That's the part I'm so, confused on. It's like, yeah. did somebody escort her outside? Right. Did she fall and then somebody goes outside? Like, there's so many un- right. unanswered like, why questions. didn't that back door close? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm sure they're chalking it up to just, oh, it did close, but it didn't register on the thing even though it's registered all the other door opens and opening and closing things but just not that one that one was the only one there was no record of it closing and it's just like that's the part that really throws me off about this um 
like I said, I don't know if it was the balcony door was considered the back door, if that's a separate door, but who went out that back door if she fell mm. off the balcony and right. never yeah, came back that, in? Yeah, that's just it. Or yeah. was it like the balcony door is the back door and it just remained open because she fell off the balcony? Right. I don't know, but that's those are things that I just have a lot of questions about. Mm-hmm. So back to Tamala's friend. There would be a back door that would be separate from the balcony just because of so. construction code. Um, for fire safety, there has to be two remote exits that are in remote, meaning that they are on, they can like face different directions and whatnot. But each house has to have two remote exits that are two grade. Okay. So, yeah, these were just things I didn't find in my research that I just had questions about. Like, how does that work? Because, you know, do we have the balcony? Because I didn't see anything in the little text about the balcony. So is it yeah. that no, the back door? No, because that's not too great. Yeah. Yep. So that just makes no sense to me. I yep. really am curious about that part. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I'm going to mention we talked about Tamla's friend. Mm-hmm. Um, this was like the kind of friend you want okay. the, that has your back. Yeah. Um, her name was Michelle Wynn Graves. And like I said, she was so vocal about this from the beginning. She was putting stuff on Facebook constantly about, like, these people need to be held accountable. We need justice. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that she had put on, I found this post that she had made. It was referring to Jose, I think, uh, primarily in that 911 call. It says, please examine the compound fracture and the underside of Tamla's wrist, which Jose Barrera in says in the 911 call is a suicidal cut. The bastard had the audacity to accuse my friend of suicide, which tells me two things. One, you knew exactly what happened, and two, so did the police. It was quite clear that this was a compound fracture. Police knew that they were lying to the world from the go. Like I said, this is her post. This is the kind of stuff she was putting out there. And I will tell you, they did not like this. I bet not. They did not like this. There were... Going back to Jose, looking up her information, Mm -hmm. I believe they were really trying to silence Melissa through Mm -hmm. all of this. I don't know if there was any direct threats made to her, but Jean very much tried to um, put a stop to this. Mm -hmm. She filed like a false police report against Melissa, and she also tried to get like a restraining order against her. Oh, my God. Even though Melissa wasn't doing anything to Jean. Yeah. They just wanted to put out the Mm -hmm. like... If you're going to mess with us. They were bullying her into trying to shut her up. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They did not like that she was being so vocal. Sure. I bet not. So it's, I honestly, if I was Melissa, I was, I would be pretty scared that Jose is like looking up her her home address and phone number. That is not okay. Nope. Very, very scary for her. So I'm going to go into a little bit more of the details on this case that were truly unexplainable and I will say chilling maybe. So although the autopsy was performed, there were no photos taken of what? her body during the autopsy. I think I forgot about this. Yeah, there's there were no photos taken of any of oh the injuries. Oh my god. I've never heard of such a thing. No. I don't think anybody has. My God, ever since photography was invented, police have used it to take photographs. No photographs, you know, to look back on on any of this stuff, to reinvestigate if needed. Wow. No photos taken during the autopsy. Another thing I wanted to mention is we we kept going back to how Tamala appeared to be having a good time. She appeared to be very much in control. Yeah. Not intoxicated. Right. 
heavily intoxicated. You know, she probably mm-hmm. had some a couple drinks and was having a good time, but she's not slurring her speech yeah. and slumping over. And she's not nothing. shitty and out of control. Yeah. So the toxicology report on Tamla came back, and her blood alcohol level was point two three. I cannot tell you, like she would have been inebriated. Definitely. With that blood alcohol level. Like that's, that makes no sense to me. They also found traces of Xanax in her system and no prescription or other pills on her okay. at the time. So that's another unexplained right. part of this. Now there was, uh, Bridget, I believe, was the one who did have a prescription for Xanax, but she denies giving uh, Tamala any pills or anything like that. So nothing further was looked into with that. Piece as well. Yeah, she was found 0.23 alcohol and Xanax and marijuana was in her right, system right. as well. I mean, at that point, how'd she even get on the balcony? And, uh, right. She would huh. have like crawled out to the balcony. Yeah. I mentioned also it was made repeatedly clear that Tamla was the only one that smoked cigarettes in the house. So she was the only one going outside to smoke. But despite this, there were actually two different kinds of cigarettes found. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And this was never looked into. No, um, you know, investigating the cigarette butts, fingerprints, nothing like that. So mm-hmm. we don't know why there was two brands. Because they have not handled this as a crime scene at all. They just accepted that it was an accidental death right from the beginning. Yeah. So did Tamala just bring a variety of cigs Doubtful. or was somebody out there with her smoking? Correct. Yes. So despite all of this, um, despite the injuries, like I said, it was still ruled that this was an accidental death from the falling. Like that has been, that's remained consistent, even though people have raised all of these questions. So the last person that I, you know, people have jumped from 15 feet to save themselves from fires yeah. and stuff, right? Yeah. Well, they had even mentioned, I believe, because there was speculation, did she fall and face plant like from the bottom or the balcony? Like there was that debate. Ultimately, they decided it was the balcony but they had mentioned like well aunt madeline had fallen out there too at one point well okay well she lived right so just just odd suggestions that's not not that high no now i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna warn you i'm gonna share a little bit about some of the police officers in this case and it's gonna really piss you off so i just want to give you a heads up of that well we like to give a pissed off warning first we do Ron Freeman was involved with the investigation of this case. There has been, before this even happened, numerous allegations of racist acts that he has committed. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, just giving you the facts. He did not ask to reopen this case for investigation or a second lo- look until there was a petition from change.org, which mm-hmm. we love them. We do. It reached the 600,000 signatures, and only then did they make the effort to look at this case again. Yeah. Only then. Now, we're going to talk about Michael Christian, who was also involved in this case. He did some of the interviewing. He's the one that Jean was like, do you need me? Right. You know, can I go get ready ready? for this? Yeah. So he was the one that was on the the recordings for the interviews. So he ended up actually resigning from the FCSO in October of 2020 because he had some things happen. Uh Um, He ended up having to have an investigation done on himself because of a little bit of trouble he got into. When the investigation was done, several allegations had surfaced that he had sent confidential information about this case to multiple women that he was having extramarital affairs with during the time. What? 
Yes. In January of 2021, he tried to defend himself on this. I am far from a perfect human. I chose to end a longtime extramarital affair abruptly, and this person acted out of anger and hurt by going to the sheriff about my alleged misconduct. So basically, this person that he broke things off with was Uh like, here, this is what he's been doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wouldn't leave his wife for me, so I'm going to go ahead and let everybody know what he's been doing. This is who he is. So he's claiming that he didn't do that. This person, it was just all this girl. Now, he does end up admitting to some of the stuff because it's really shitty. Um, so after the this person and whatever allegations she made, they did investigate. And they ended up finding multiple other women that he was having affairs oh with who God. had said things like he sent photos from the case. But not of her body because they didn't take any. Right. But whatever, like crime scene photos, you know, he was Whatever talking about take. the cases constantly. And he also referred to this deceased wife and mother as the porch lady. What? Yeah. That's what he called her when he would text about confidential information on, on the case. Oh, my God. Just what? Trying to seem like he's such a badass police officer. Like, oh, I'm on this case. It's Because it was, you know, talked about or whatever. Like, why is he doing this? The lack of remorse is sickening in this case. For sure. um, Especially from him. One of the other women said that he was talking about the case constantly, and he shared with that woman he believed Tamla's death was an accident, but she definitely didn't fall with the injuries she had. So he's talking about this with his affair women. Yep. But also he recognizes that... This didn't happen didn't how up. we're saying Same. that it happened. Yes. There was also screenshots from Snapchat messages that Christian had sent to his girlfriends. That Ugh, the Fucking Snapchat. The, I know. God. Um, so the GBI, they obtained the messages. Mm-hmm. And on November 4th, he appeared to have been joking with one of the girls, pretending he was sending a message to Tamla's husband. And this is what it said. <gasps> Trigger warning. It says, hello, sir. I know we've never met, but I'm here to tell you that your wife and mother of your six children is dead. Oh, yes. I'm happy to report that she was really drunk and trip landed down in the backyard. And I know you'll have fun. You have fun memories. Enjoy corralling those six boys while they are now going ape shit. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, my God. Also, she had five boys. Right. Six children, but five boys. But yes. But he says the six boys. So he didn't even know the fucking case. No. Like, he didn't no. even care. And why would he send this, like, this is a joke? Like, I'm... Yeah, he's, like, joking about the case. On November wow. 19th, he sends another was message. Was he hatched from an egg instead I, of born If it was, human? it was from Satan's anus. For sure. Because he's a horrible person. Wow. And I will state that. Oh, absolutely. November 19th. And this is just like a couple weeks after this all happened. So it's all fresh and going on. He sends another message to one of the girls. Um, It says, greetings from racist cracker bastard murder covering up land. Okay, your grammar is painful, sir. Definitely. And then he says, how are you? He continues to say, it's a nice rainy day. Good for digging shallow graves by the roadside. Now, the family attorney that Tamla's that uh, family ends up hiring suspects that this was referring to Michelle Graves, the friend of Tamla that wouldn't be silent. Yeah, They think oh, that's oh, what he's referring to. Oh, my God. Isn't that scary? Yes. 
I don't know. Like that's it's just Rolling Stones article I read that that's what they right. suspect. They're like, well, but for him to fucking say that at all is horrible. Absolutely. There's also a series of really dirty texts that I didn't think we needed to read. Thank you, because you know, this is gross enough. That have nothing to do with her, but just like sexting stuff that he said to these women. Which, I, yeah, I'm sure he thought he was Rico Suave, and it's really just gross. Unsolicited dick pics are not okay, sir. They are not. And you know that's what he was using Snapchat Absolutely. for. Absolutely. For whatever reason, it sounds like these women like screenshot the text or something or had saved them. So the, the mm-hmm. article I read shows the screenshot of them. Yep. Now, he does end up... Met, he does admit to sending these texts. Um, well, um, oh, really? Yeah. After getting yeah, caught? too. Yeah. And he said he did it in poor humor. But it Listen, just... I've got dark humor, too, and poor human humor. That's that's true. <laughs> dark but humor, but that's fucking awful. This is, yes, this is horrific. And, and it's not even funny. That's the thing. He's calling it humor. Nothing about what you're saying is even funny. The joke to like the joking text to her husband it makes my stomach turn how was that even right but i just i I also feel like it paints a picture of the lack of regard Mm -hmm. yeah most definitely i just could not believe i could not believe what i was reading when i found those and this means he handled every one of his cases with this much lack of humanity by the way yep this is clearly who he is as a person unless it's just completely because she was black and that's why he had no remorse Maybe his other cases he showed remorse. I don't know. I honestly. But the proof is in the pudding of yeah. his own words right there. So I, I agree. There's clearly no concern that she no, lost her life. Definitely None. not. Um, I will tell you also, there's been speculation from the family and some of the family friends of Tamla that this could have possibly been a sexually motivated case. Yeah. Now, this was um, it. My understanding, a friend of Lee, her husband, that had done an interview, like shared his opinion. But from what he had said in the interview, there were a few people at this party that were known to be swingers. Uh-huh. And so there is a suspicion that maybe they tried to do something with Tamla and she turned them down mm-hmm. and it turned into like a, a scuffle of mm-hmm. some kind. Got out of hand. Nothing's obviously been substantiated on right. that, but that's something the family does wonder about. And sadly, a rape kit was, was never done. And also buys into the random explanation of her phone, of her wanting to sleep, you know, with that couple. And mm-hmm. then, nope, if we can't sleep together. And I'm assuming I didn't take that as a sexual thing. I took her as like, like literally she was yeah. just trying to sleep in the same bed. I didn't really take that as like she wanted to have sex with right. them. I, I, I'm not sure what John was trying to How imply. she was implying that. Yeah. But then, oh, then our phones can sleep together. So that would make sense right. if like some of those, that's where that l- process of thought or at some point from. if Tamla knew something was wrong, because I've, I've seen that implied a couple times that she, some people feel she knew something was wrong and that that's why she wanted to go, wanted home. To go home. So it could have something to do with that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, sadly, we may never know because right. the, there was no kit done. There's yep. no scraping. So we don't know mm. what happened. Right. But I just wanted to share that theory. Now, sadly, like I said, this case closed very quickly. Mm-hmm. It was chalked up to an accidental falling from the balcony. No questions asked. Such a roller coaster of emotions because finally they did decide to reopen this case, which was so exciting for so many people. Mm-hmm. It was in 2020. One, I'm sorry, it was 2021 that they had reopened the case 
to look further into things. And unfortunately, despite a second look at the case, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation announced that no charges would be filed in the case for a second time. Well, they don't have anything to bring charges about. Because there was no investigation done. Exactly. They have no photographs. They have no rape kit. They have no camera, conveniently, footage from what's-her-face's, you know, home cameras. And at this point in time, it's been so long, the legit interviews from these people, yeah. they're not they're not credible. Like, yeah, exactly. they don't, I mean, that doesn't surprise me because they don't have anything else except for the autopsy. And, like, exactly. show me where that kind of damage comes from falling 15 feet. Yeah, when I you, don't know. When you look back at a case like this and you just don't have substantial evidence on hand, right. what can you do? But even then, all right, even if you're questioning the damage to her body and whatnot, there were so many people there. Who do you start with? Like where fingerprints weren't taken, yep. nothing. There's no, They have literally have nothing. Right. Without someone coming forward and being like, I need to get this off conscience. I think that's honestly that's what it's going to take. That's the only way. So it was determined that the facts and findings didn't support pursuing criminal charges mm-hmm. on anyone. Ralph Fernandez, the family's attorney, said that the fatal injuries Tamla sustained were not consistent with the, the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he quoted, she couldn't have the catastrophic injuries falling from the balcony where she did. She had defensive wounds that were not accounted for by either Forsyth County or the GBI. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be any surrender. We are not going away there is going to be justice served in this case. So that was kind of the the last of the info that I had found on the case. It sounds like they're not giving up, but I don't see anything right. recently like in 2022 that's unfolded. Yeah. So sadly after that second investigation, there hasn't been anything yet right to right. to come out of this. Well, like I said, that really doesn't surprise me because they yeah. didn't have and anything you the know, attorney the said the same thing. Like he wasn't surprised. They're not right. surprised by the findings of the yeah. the second investigation, but it sounds like they're not giving up. Right now, before we ended, I did. I just found this extra article that Lee talked about his wife. Oh, yeah. and because of such a tainted image that was painted of her, I wanted to kind of to end on this. But he said that his wife was one of the classiest women he'd ever met Aww. that he ever knew. And that there is no way that his wife would have ever put herself in a position to get that drunk that she was falling off a balcony with people she didn't know that well. Yep. And I am going to choose to believe him because they were best friends, soulmates. You know, I'm going to choose to believe that he knew his wife well enough to know she would not have done that to herself. This is clearly not something that she did on a regular basis. So... Nope. Yep. So all of the the stuff about her being belligerently drunk and plus know. there's no other proof of that besides the people that claiming yeah. that this was an accident. Even the video from that night, she's not like that. Yeah. So literally it's only their word. And so I just I wanted to end with that because you know, she's described I mean, from her husband as being classy and yes. smart and strong and I, I will choose to believe those things about yes, her. Not that she was, you know, slamming the tequila. Maybe she did drink tequila, but sure. just the way that it was put and right. this kind of like, oh, it was too strong for everybody else. And right, right. So, and her blood alcohol le- level is very suspicious. So suspicious. Like overly done suspicious. Yes. In my opinion. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. So, oh gosh, oh, that thanks is, for that. I that's think the case of of Tamala. Keep the Horsford. conversation going for Tamala. I hope that we will have things unfolding, but I, you know, I don't know. I know. 
I don't know what else will come of it, but there's God. definitely a lot of questions in this mm-hmm. as to what actually happened. Yep. And, you know, we may never know. I hope someday maybe somebody will come forward. No. For all of her children and her husband's sake and family and friends, I hope so too, if if it's legitimately wasn't an accident. Yeah. And even Lee has said in speaking out about this is even if it was an accident, they just, just want to make tell. sense of it. Yeah, exactly. Because the, the story as it is now, it does just not make, make sense. sense. I and agree. So, like he, I mean, it doesn't sound like he's even accusing anybody right. specifically. He just wants to know what happened to his wife. Right. If it was accidental, like what happened then how right 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 so yeah and i just i don't know i just have to believe that even if it was just an innocent accident why wouldn't you just say that right you know if you knew what happened that's why it it seems more suspicious i guess yeah i mean i know people do panic but i don't know it's all it's just so just mysterious yeah. and and so it's just doesn't make sense yeah none of it makes sense i agree Do you have a brain bath for us? I absolutely do. Okay. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. So I I felt like this was fitting because I know we've talked about ways to earn extra income on the side. Jobs can be stressful. What could we, you know, earn income doing? And I found this article that it says company offers more than $6,000 to smell dog poop for two months. Oh, my God. Like $6,000 a month or just in total? <laughs> I like how I'm like, tell me more. <laughs> right? I'm not opposed to checking this out. It says a plant-based pet food company in Britain is offering to pay a dog owner more than $6,000 to switch their canine's diet for two months and keep track of the pet poop smells. So uh, like they're in, just wanting diary form, you know, maybe their goal is to have fresh smelling like animal poop. And that's going to be their um, marketing strategy. That's what this it sounds will make like. your dog's shit smell like shitress. Yeah. Instead <laughs> yes. of actual like, we shit. We want you to document how it smells after they eat the food for two months and we'll give you six grand. It sounds like it's maybe like for the full two months. Weird flex, but okay. Like, all right. Okay. Okay. I'm not. I mean, six I'm, grand. I mean, I'm is not six mad grand. about this. I don't no. hate it. I don't know that that's maybe a fair trade off. I guess it depends on how much poop you really have to smell. It sounds like they're only looking for one person, though. It says the winning applicant <gasps> will be paid. It's more than six thousand, though. It's six thousand six hundred and eighty-five dollars and eighty-two cents. Where you- do they come up with the eighty-two <laughs> cents? How maybe is this decided? They're like, okay. 60 sniffings right. <laughs> over the course of uh, two, two months. months. <laughs> On average, three shits a day. Yes. Okay, we're going to pay them per The total poop. is. Okay. So, yeah, they were looking for somebody to sniff their dog's poop. They also wanted to know the frequency of the bowel movements, the poop odor, energy levels, behavior, sleep patterns, weights, and fur condition. I oh. respect this company. I mean, they obviously want to have a quality dog food. Yes. With a quality poop smell for your pet. Yeah, that also gives them a quality coat. So they're they're determined to, like, pay somebody and get those okay. answers. It says the dog will be examined by a veterinarian at the start and end of the two-month period. So, like... They're, this the is only, perfect for someone who has a poop fetish. The only thing is, it's like, what if it's a not a good food? I wouldn't want to put my dog through that. Yeah, you know? that's true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I so. love how you're like, I wouldn't want to put the dog through it. I, I'm totally okay with sniffing its <laughs> shit for two months straight. But, but think of the dog. Think of the dog. 
<laughs> True dog lover right there. Right. Uh, the the co-founder of the company uh, said this quote in the article as well. He said that customers have reported improved digest- digestion, energy levels, and general health after switching to this plant-based food. So they obviously know that it's legit, you know. So I spoke too soon. But, you know, obviously hey, they know it's like a good food. Why wasn't one of the owners willing to do this then? Good point. Like, we love our company, but we're going to go ahead and um, contract this out. It does say, quote, from from him again, um, we are getting feedback that the dogs that have been tested already have improved their stools in terms of color, consistency, and smell. Oh. So, obviously, they're just looking to ensure that they have a good quality plant-based dog food. Okay. So... Good stuff. Unfortunately, we didn't make the cut because this, the applications ended on March 31st. So we're just short of Just a couple days too short. But maybe they'll do a new one sometime. I don't know. Come out with another flavor. Right. And we could apply then. We could. Yes. And document it for our podcasters. (laughs) Today, it smelled more like mango. We find a lot of wonderful poop stories we really on this do there's podcast. a lot of poop on this podcast and we don't even know why we just set out they we set out us. on this journey and it just took us where it takes us yep. to satan's aimness and <laughs> and poop. beyond poop and farts <laughs> a lot we are basically a 12 year old boy yes <laughs> highly accurate oh gosh well we hope you guys uh keep listening uh join us on Facebook and Instagram, all of those places. Message us, crimecurious at yahoo.com. If you have case suggestions, uh, you could join our Patreon for extra content, crimecuriouspatreon.com. And until next time, everyone, bye-bye. Bye-bye.